Can I get a level from you, Molly? <sighs> so tempted to do some freestyling, but it's a little early. And I am giving you a level check. One, two, three, four. Mike, check. One, two, three. Yes. Okay. Lauren. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten. Cool. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Sounds great. Six. You're ready to retire. Now what? Now what? Now what? Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Do you find yourself maybe sitting at work, maybe sitting at home, looking at your computer, whatever you do for a living, you find yourself daydreaming more about your hobbies, spending time with your grandkids, traveling than you do about the actual work itself? Well, then it might be time to retire. In today's podcast, we're talking about the fact that you're ready to retire and now what? So we're going to take you step by step with what you do next after you decide that you're ready to retire. I'm Molly Nelson. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She is the producer and the guy sitting across from me is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a guy who has heard people say to him millions of times, hundreds of times, thousands of times, millions. He's not that old yet. <laughs> Lauren, I want to retire. Hey, it's okay. Millions it makes you sound, you know, very wise. Dinosaurish. Well, sometimes. <laughs> Lauren, I want to retire. Now what? But before we talk about those steps, I am curious. I want to retire. Is it hard to get to that sentiment in itself or is it easy to, to get to that sentiment? It's a little bit of both. It's different for everybody. Some people have absolutely no problem getting to that point where they say, yeah, I'm 62. I'm going to retire. Or when I'm 65, I'm going to retire. And they follow through with it like it's meant to be. And then we have other people who it takes a little bit longer. It takes a little bit longer for their minds to adjust to this world where now their identity, their identity, the way that they see their identity is completely different. And that transition from the pre-retirement days to the retirement days is significantly harder for those individuals. So it's a little bit different for everybody. Okay, so I call you up on the phone. I call Merkel Retirement Planning. I say, can I talk to a retirement planner? And I say, Lauren, I'm ready to retire. That, that's, the only, that's the only thing I've done. I've, maybe I have a 401k or I've got a pension, but I, I haven't decided you know, what I'm going to do with any of that stuff. But I just say to you, Lauren, I think I'm ready to retire. Now what? What's the next thing you say to me? Well, the next thing we say is, what do you want to do in retirement? So you're ready to retire. Now with retiring comes a whole new world where you have a lot of time, a lot of time that you never had before. So what are you going to do to fill that time? What are you going to find fulfillment in when you actually retire? Because that activity plan, that lifestyle plan is absolutely vital to how you make that transition from the working years to the retirement years. So tell me about your lifestyle plan. What 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 do you find exciting? What do you want to uh, fill your days with? Because that is also going to help you transition, but it's also going to help us identify how much is it going to cost you to retire? How much is it going to cost you on a daily, a monthly, a annual, annual basis to afford this new lifestyle? And that's where we start with the planning. Rochelle, you're ready to retire now. What, what does your lifestyle plan look like? Oh, I don't know. Probably traveling a little bit. Traveling sounds really good. I mm -hmm. think like there's a lot of things that I haven't seen. There's a great big world out there that you'd like to go see. But I think you can have these grand plans, but then you have to, like you said, the money could get in the way. You know, do I have enough money to go to go see the whole world? And 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 is that reality usually pretty spot on for people? Or sometimes do you have to say, 
oh, that's your plan. I don't, you know, well, let's really look at this. Let's put pen to paper and see if you can make it happen. Yeah. If you think about right now, when you're working, when do you, what days of the week do you spend most of your money? It's on the weekends. Well, in retirement, every day is a weekend. So we have to figure out what that those weekends are going to look like and how much it's going to cost. And to answer your question, Molly, it is again, a little bit different for everybody. Some people they're spot on. They have it budgeted out to the 10th of a cent, right? Almost. Um, and then other people, they have no idea what it's going to cost them. So th that's part of the value of the planning, regardless of which side of the coin you're on. We work backwards. We say, here's the, the resources you have. Maybe you have a pension. You definitely probably have social security. Did you like that? Definitely. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> possibly. Almost, could. Almost everybody has social security. So you probably have social security uh, and you have some investable resources. So based on these resources, these income resources that you have, how much money can you spend at point of retirement and during those go-go years where you're excited about retiring and, and you have the motivation and energy to travel and do these things that you've never had time to do before, but also how are you going to have enough money during the slow-go years? In the, the no-go years where maybe healthcare expenses really start to creep in and you want to make sure that you're taken care of during the latter years of retirement as well. So that's the value of the plan. Here's the resources. Here's what you think you might want to spend your time doing. Here's what it, you think it might cost you. But here's how much you can afford to spend. And here's the different levers of income that you're going to use to generate the income necessary. And talking about that lifestyle plan, it's really fun to talk about the hobbies, the traveling, the volunteering, the grandkid time. But part of that conversation you have with families, too, is about where you're going to live, what you want to do with that kind of stuff. Yeah, where you're going to live is a big one, especially here in the Midwest, where the winters aren't a lot of fun, especially for retirees. So a lot of people will choose to spend at least a month or two in a warmer climate, whether it's Florida, Arizona, Texas, what have you. Uh, and so the housing situation does become an issue for, for a lot of people. One of the even bigger issues, even if you want just one residence and you want to stay in Iowa uh, the entire year, is a lot of people want to downsize. So they have a multi-level home. They're really, uh, it's having a ranch style is really appealing to them, or they just have a lot of space that they don't want to take care of anymore. So they want a smaller space. So the the housing is probably, I'd say, at sixty percent of pre-retirees, uh, they want to make a change to what their housing looks like. And now it's a matter, especially in a market like this, where downsizing isn't necessarily down pricing because housing costs are so high. So how do you afford that? Do you uh, take on a mortgage for a portion of that? Do you pay it off through an IRA or some of the investable resources that you have? All of these things are things that we have to work through. One of the misconceptions of retiring, I just ran into this uh, again this week, is you read these articles of you need a million dollars. You cannot retire. Don't even dare. Don't even attempt to retire without at least a million dollars. And now you're reading these articles of the, the three million is the new one million, right? And so there's a lot of people, in fact, the vast majority of people don't have a million dollars when they go to retire. So they feel like this is not a real thing, almost as if they retire and it, it could be temporary, where at some point they're going to run out of money and have to do something different or substantially cut back on their lifestyle. And that's not necessarily true. We build retirement plans all the time for those with under a million dollars and it works really well. It's all about here's the resources you have, here's the lifestyle that you want to have, and then here's how much you can afford to spend early in retirement and then later. 
Yeah, if one million, if three million is the new one million, by the time we retire, jeepers, five million, six million, seven million—I can't even imagine what they're going to say. You must have to retire, right? And all that makes for good articles, but it, it's it's not realistic for most people. And this is where the customization of the plan really comes into play. Say, this is your life. Here's what you you want to do, not your neighbors, not somebody who lives in California. This is what you want to do. So here's what it's going to cost you. And by the way, here's the resources that you have to afford it. So let's make the most out of them. And plus, if you do have $3 million, A, congratulations. But B, how much of it is, is taxable? It, it, it doesn't feel like as much money if you have it all in accounts that haven't been taxed yet. Yeah, the vast majority of people's retirement savings is in, in, is in accounts that haven't been taxed. So do you owe 30% of that $3 million in taxes? Do you owe 40%, 20%? What, what do you actually get to keep out of that? And that's part of the analysis, part of the planning is if you have $3 million, if you have $5 million, if you have $1 million, whatever amount you have, let's keep the most of that portfolio that you possibly can because the more you get to keep, the more you get to spend, which means the more lifestyle you get to have in retirement as well. Okay. So step one was the visualization. We had to talked about uh, what you want to do in retirement and talking about how are you going to fund that? And there's no magic number. Step two is engage in the planning process. And you have alluded to that. And that is, that is basically what this all is, is the planning process. But one part we should probably talk about is how I get started when I meet with someone, as in, do I need to bring in all those statements and all those papers and, and all my logins and passwords so we can get a comprehensive look? Or how, how do I kind of get organized for that retirement? Leave the logins and passwords at home. So we don't need those. <laughs> <laughs> nice suggestion, but leave those at home. What we do need is the statements. So what we ask people to come in the first visit is bring your statements because what that allows us to do, if we want to go forward to uh, the next visit is to provide an analysis for you so you can identify here's where you're at. Here's what your retirement picture looks like from a broad sense. But in that actual first visit, we just have a conversation so that you brought the statement so we can use that later. But we're not diving into those statements necessarily during that visit. We're talking about you because we don't know you yet. And the, the most important part of your plan is you. What do you want to do? What are your concerns? What what are your objectives? And so we spend that time just talking about you, trying to learn what, what you're trying to accomplish. And then we use those statements behind the scenes in between our first visit and our second visit to provide that analysis and that retirement snapshot. So you got a good idea the next time we get together what your retirement picture really looks like. And step th that leads us to kind of step three, which is part of that analysis, which is to look at, again, the lifestyle plan, which drives the word that maybe people haven't had to think about in a while when they're in that pre-retiree age is the budget. That'll drive what do you need each month to live out your retirement vision? One of the number one questions we get in that first visit is how much do I need? How much money is enough for me to try to accomplish what I just said I was trying to accomplish? And the budget comes into that. And most people, as they as they transition to those retirement years, they haven't lived on a budget for, for many years, probably since the kids, kids were out of the house. So this whole new look of how much can I, what kind of spending spectrum do I need to stay in is a little bit different. It's a little bit foreign to them based on their lifestyle over the last 10 to 15 years. But in retirement with fi a finite amount of resources, there has to be some kind of control mechanism on your spend. So it's nice for you as you go into retirement to know what that spend spectrum is on the low side, on the high side. And then you feel much better as you're making purchasing decisions and travel decisions and lifestyle decisions as you go to retirement.
And one of the costs you have to work into that is, is healthcare. Healthcare is the probably the number one reason people are waiting until 65 to retire right now. Uh, changing legislation could change that, but as it sets right now, people people are waiting because they don't want to spend the $2,000, the $3,000 a month that it takes to afford the open market healthcare. Uh, so healthcare planning is a big deal for pre-retirees right now. Can they afford to retire prior to 65? Maybe 63 and a half is that number because of COBRA insurance. Maybe they can afford to retire at 60 or 62 and then still afford the high healthcare premiums. Maybe they can afford it and they find that out through the planning, but then they decide they don't want to pay those high healthcare expenses when they can work another year, two, three years, and then not have to have that uh, burden of the big healthcare expense. So all that is information that they find out through the planning process, which enables them to make better retirement decisions from a timing standpoint, but also a budgetary standpoint. You've decided to retire now. What? That's what we're covering today. The steps you need to take after you've made that big decision to retire. The next step, engage in income analysis. And again, I know we've talked about retirement income, but one thing we haven't really talked about is social security and don't overlook social security. It doesn't matter what your portfolio size is. Don't overlook social security. If you add, add up, I'm talking about a married couple now, if you add up the monthly income that you can get from Social Security over the course of your 20 to 30 year retirement horizon, it can equate to three quarters of a million dollars or even an excess to a million dollar portfolio. So even if you have a $5 million portfolio, this could represent 20% of your portfolio value as you enter retirement. So it is a big deal. You have up to 81 different options when it comes to electing your social security. So as a part of the planning, we start with a social security analysis to say of the 81 different options, here's a handful that may make the most sense. If you choose this option, here's what it could mean to you as far as a lifetime, a retirement lifetime portfolio value amount. If you make this option, here's what it means to you as a lifetime portfolio value amount. And here's the difference. And I can tell you on the low side and the high side, that spread many times is in the fixed six figures. So making this decision could cost you six figures of lifetime Social Security income versus this decision over here. And that's information that is absolutely vital to you to help you navigate through these different Social Security options. And again, it doesn't matter what size of your portfolio it is because it represents 20 to 30 percent of most people's retirement income. And the more you can get out of Social Security, that means the less you have to spend of your investable assets or the bigger lifestyle you get to have. And the next step, I think, is one people probably haven't actively engaged in generally when they walk into work with a retirement planner because they've been filing taxes during the working years. They've been taught to try to maybe defer paying taxes or, or just record history each year in April. But one thing that we do here at Merkle Retirement Plan is we look at taxes and of course, taxes to me, super boring, but I know Lauren, <laughs> you like to talk about taxes. I know that he's smart. He loves to talk about taxes. I thought it was Sean that likes to talk about taxes. Oh, they all love taxes. He doesn't like to talk about taxes uh, except for you, Molly. Um, I don't like to talk about taxes nope. because I think it's super boring, but here's what I know. Here's what I've heard you say. And I, and I believe you that when you sit down with the families and, and individuals we work with, no, they don't necessarily want to talk about the nuance of tax legislation. But when you say, Hey, what if we did this? What if we what if we took money from this bucket first? 
that could save you money on taxes, put more money in your pocket. Now, those saving money, putting more in my pocket, that's the stuff I can get excited about. Most people don't like to talk about taxes. You're right. So me and Sean spend a lot of time talking about taxes. Me, Sean, and Abby spend a lot of time talking about taxes amongst each other. But when it comes to our families, what what our families really do like is to see their tax plan. When they can see if they make these tax planning decisions, here's how much extra they would get to keep of their money. Rather than if they don't make these tax planning decisions, here's how much is going to go to the federal and state governments. So they like to see those end results. They may not like to talk about the, the minutia. Some do, but most don't. Uh, but they really like to see the tax picture as we paint it and develop that tax plan. Lauren, there are... <laughs> There are a lot of strategies when it comes to tax planning, but one that you talk to the families and individuals about a lot here at Merkle Retirement Planning is Roth conversions. Roth conversions can be a very effective strategy for many people, not all. So certainly any of these strategies, whether it's tax strategies, social security strategies, other income strategies, they are not applicable to everybody. This is where the customization comes into play. But Roth conversions, especially as of recent, have been a very powerful way for people to take their pre-tax money pay taxes at historically low tax rates because that's the environment we're in right now. Tax rates are probably going to increase, could increase this year. I heard uh, a story saying they're still trying to push something through uh, this fall. Could increase next year, but based on current legislation, 2026 is kind of the time frame that we're looking at at the, at the latest that they would increase. So we have a historically low tax rate environment. We can take money from the pre-tax accounts, pay taxes on it, at historically low rates, and then move it over to a tax-free Roth, where now the money grows underneath that Roth IRA forever tax-free. You pass away, you don't use that money, it goes to the kids tax-free or to the, to the beneficiaries tax-free. So it's a very powerful way to take money that ultimately you will be paying taxes on at some point in time, whether you use it for income at 72, you're mandated to take it out or you pass away and it goes to the beneficiaries. Now they're paying taxes on it. You take that money out, you pay low tax rate on it and shift it over to a tax-free tax -free Roth IRA. And it's really powerful in years like a 2020 where we get a big discount in the market. So a lot of people are really concerned about these big discounts or the, the bear markets. I call them discounts, but everybody else calls them bear <laughs> the markets. Stocks the stocks are like on sale. I like a good sale. Let's go shopping when things are on sale, <laughs> he right? Said shopping again, I, I've tuned back in. <laughs> we like to go shopping when things are on sale. There's no difference in the market. When the market goes down, that just means you can buy these securities, these stocks at a lower price. So when, when, if, if we're in a year, like a 2020 where we get a big discount opportunity in the market and the Roth conversion makes sense for you, time that with the big discount opportunity because what, what happens in March, April, or May of last year, you take this money out, you pay taxes on it at great rates, you shift it over to the tax-free Roth IRA, and then the market rebounds, you get all of that growth on the in the Roth IRA tax-free. If you did nothing and you left it underneath the tax-deferred account, the traditional IRA, you still get the growth when the market rebounds, but it's tax-deferred growth, not tax-free growth. So if you plan these strategies with the market discounts that inevitably do come, because on average, market corrections happen once every year. On average, bear markets happen every couple of years. And on average, recessions happen every five years. So we're going to have many opportunities down the road to do this. And this is the importance of having a proactive tax plan in place so you're not reacting, but you're waiting right? You're, you have this plan, you have the strategy, you know exactly what you're going to do. 
And when you're going to do it, you're just waiting for the right event. And in years like last year, we took advantage of the springtime when the discount came. In years like 2019, when the, the discount didn't come, the market was basically level or up throughout the entire year. We still took advantage of the, the historically low tax rates. We just waited till the end of the year because we were still waiting for that market discount that never came. But so irregardless, you need to take advantage of the tax rates when you can, if it makes sense to you. But if you can, time it with the market discount, the, the, the sale opportunity. We have only been chatting for about 20 minutes and we've gone over a lot of stuff. Social security, tax planning, health care. Just think if you had 15 minutes to talk to a retirement planner about your specific situation, your retirement funds, your pension, your I'm ready to retire and now what do I do? here's an opportunity for you. Go to MerkelPlan.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E plan.com. And right there, you'll get on the calendar of the retirement planners here at Merkel Retirement Planning, and you can schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call. So Lauren, you were talking about the market, and that kind of leads us to the next step in the I'm ready to retire, now what planning process. And that is understand how your portfolio is affected by the market, because as you move to and through the retirement, the last thing you want to do is turn on the television, go to your favorite financial web page, check your news feed, see that the market is, as you call it, on sale, but a lot of people call it down and worry about your retirement vision. It's one of the biggest worries because, especially for retirees, because now their income, their lifestyle is dependent upon the investable resources. And they see their investable resources shrink by 30% in a relatively a quick period of time, that is really concerning for, for retirees. So we have to create a plan that is retiree friendly, that is income friendly to make sure that they can still have the lifestyle that they want to have, regardless of what this crazy market does. And one of the biggest ways that we can, one of the easiest ways that we can create that type of portfolio is for the people that we're working with, the families that we're working with, and us to be all on the same page. So we do the risk analysis and we do it in a very clear and concise way that is easy for everybody to understand. We don't talk about on a scale from one to 10, are you a 10, are you a one, are you moderate, are you conservative? We talk about you have a million dollar portfolio and we go through another bear market, another market correction, we would anticipate your million dollars shrinking to $800,000. How do you feel about that? And realizing nobody likes to lose money. <laughs> right. But when you take risk, and the market's down, the, the portfolio is going to be down. The question is, is how far is it going to go down? And is that is that going to upset what you're trying to accomplish from a retirement planning standpoint, a retirement lifestyle standpoint? And if the answer to either of those questions is yes, you're going to, you're, uh, you feel uncomfortable with that movement, or it's going to impact your retirement, then we need to make changes. And there's no better to make a change on your risk profile than when the market is up. You do not want to make a change in a March of 2020 when your portfolio is down by 20 to 30%. So we have these risk conversations all the time. Uh, as, as we start our relationships with family, we do an analysis to see here's where you're currently at. Here's where you need to be. Here's where you want to be. And then we make the adjustments as necessary. But even on an annual basis, as we get together with our families, we revisit that because things change. Economic conditions change. Uh, their lifestyle conditions change. Their goals change. And so the portfolio needs to change with that. So we first need to understand, here's how much risk we need to take to accomplish your goals. Here's how much risk you feel comfortable with taking. And then we need to make sure that that portfolio is consistent with those objectives. Let's talk about a few of the timelines that people should be aware of after they've made the decision to retire. They've talked to their retirement planner. 
When do you advise people to go into uh, the boss and say, hey, I'm ready to retire? <laughs> well, uh, it depends <laughs> on what kind of relationship you have with your boss sure. and your company. There are some families that they will wait right up into the ninth hour uh, because they're afraid of what their company may do. They, they want to retire in June. They would like to give them a heads up, maybe as early as March, but they're fearful that as soon as they give them the heads up, they're going to say, see you later, right? So they, they're going to wait the full two weeks right before June 1st when they want to make the retirement, and then what happens, happens. There's other people that give them a full year's notice, right? So measure, measure out your situation based on what you know it to be, and then give them as much time frame to replace you as what you think is, is necessary for them and for you. Um, but when it comes to things that you have to take care of, if you have a pension, there is going to be some pension paperwork that you fill out. They calculate these pension benefits a little bit differently for each pension, but a lot of times it's quarterly. So if you submit your paperwork, it may take them six, six weeks to process the paperwork, get you your final quote, and then turn on your income. So it might be a full two to three months before uh, from the time that you submit your paperwork to when you actually receive that first payment. Give yourself enough time for that. Uh, your 401k plan paperwork, most people, not everybody, but most people, when you retire, you want to roll that money to your own account, your IRA. That's going to take a little bit of time. You're going to need some paperwork from your custodian. Uh, so you're going to request that as well. Most companies, uh, especially the bigger companies, are going to have a retirement packet where you initiate your retirement through HR, they send you a packet, and it's going to have all of the paperwork that you need for all the different benefits that you have. It'll take you a little bit of time to sort through that and digest what all of that paperwork means. For the families that we work with, they just work with us on that. So we take care of the heavy lifting on the paperwork, the interpretation, the decisions on the pension. We file their Social Security. We file their Medicare. We take care of all that for, for our families. But all of those things that are things that need to be addressed. And ideally, you want your plan in place prior to going into HR and saying, I'm ready to retire. What about if you have an HSA? HSAs are one of the most powerful, from a tax perspective, uh, investment instruments you can have. So there's ways that you may want to use it, depending upon your health conditions, the type of health expenses that you have uh, right away, and what we predict down the road. But ideally, if we can cash flow your health expenses out of some other resources and allow that tax-free growth on the HSA to work for you over a period of time, then that can be a really powerful way to cover healthcare expenses, bigger healthcare expenses down the road in retirement. So we build the HSA into your plan based on all the factors associated with your situation, but we certainly look to take advantage of that tax power when we can. And speaking of the HSA, we've dubbed it sort of one of the superheroes of retirement. And if you are interested in learning more about an HSA and how it can really, really boost your retirement, we did a whole episode about the power of the HSA. Go to YouTube, search Merkel Retirement Planning, and on there you will find our HSA episode and learn a lot more about this powerful investment. So as we kind of wrap up, you're ready to retire now. What, Lauren, what else is kind of on your mind that if you were grabbing a coffee or you were walking in the park and someone said, Lauren, I think I'm ready to retire. Now what? That you'd want to make sure that they know. Well, one of the most stressful things of your accumulations, accumulation years, as well as the retirement years is income. 
do you have enough? Uh, are you going to be able to do the things that you want to do? And so when you transition to retirement, that doesn't change. The number one thing anybody can do is be ready from a planning standpoint. Have that income plan in place. Ideally, have your tax planning in place. Have your legacy plan in place. Have your health care, long-term care plan in place. And have your investment plan in place. Because all that does is it provides you with confidence. You will be making decisions. And these decisions, in many cases, are permanent decisions. And if you have that roadmap, if you have that retirement roadmap in place, you're going to feel a lot better about those decisions, not only when you make them, but you're going to feel a lot better about those decisions six months down the road five years down the road, et cetera. So make sure you have that plan in place. It's going to make your transition a lot smoother. You're going to feel a lot better about it. And then you can spend time on the things that you want to spend time on uh, and enjoying your your newfound freedom of, of time. You're, you're putting that retirement plan together, Rochelle. Where are you traveling to first? Uh, Switzerland. Oh, sounds great. Oh, it's so pretty. It looks pretty. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it in person too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so you are talking, thinking about retiring. You're visualizing yourself spending more time on hobbies. We hope that today you've gotten some great action steps for what to do, but there's a lot to talk about when it comes to retirement planning. We'll continue to add more content to our podcast library. So go ahead and subscribe wherever you get podcasts and tell your friends about retiring today. We thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Nice job. Good work. Uh, Merkel, do you like to make up words? Uh, Nelson, you know I do. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Which one did I make up this time? Um, irregardless. Oh, that's a great word. It is not a word. It is not a word. It is commonly thought of. No. How much? No, I don't like to bet for money. Booze, food. I like booze. Irregardless is not a word. You're probably right, but you know, we got you. There's no probably's to it. Probably, definitely. It is in the dictionary. I know, but what's the thing with... Molly. So it says definition of irregardless. It says regardless. I think regardless... Frequently asked question. Is irregardless a word? Yes. It may not be a word that you... Want to use. (laughs) But if you're really clever... I was listening... Yes, it may... May not be a word that you like or a word that you would <laughs> use in a term, term paper, <laughs> but irregardless certainly is a word. Mm. The it dictionary. Funny. I thought it wasn't a word, but I was wrong. I thought it came out. Admittedly, smooth. I was wrong. Lauren really likes scotch. Um, right. And I will take a case. The scotch <laughs> Language changes over the years. <laughs> There's a lot of words that are words now that never used to be words. Well, I'm not that old. <laughs> You're like back in the day. Well, I just heard. You, I mean, I grew up with the same traditional language teachings. I mean, they were still teaching the same thing when you went through right. eighth grade. Yeah, I thought irregardless. And it's it's a lot different. A it didn't hurt my ears as much as 2019, but I can't get that. So. It only hurts your ears because it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, you know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? That's really fair. <laughs>